You're listening to the Podcast Detroit Network. Visit www.podcastdetroit.com for more information. There goes that. Okay, and we're good to go. <laughs> hey, welcome. Thanks for hanging out with us. This is episode 373 of the one and only IT and the D show. Dave Sunday like to uh, thank everyone for joining us here at the Four Seasons. I'd uh... yeah. <laughs> planting flowers there. What are you doing over there? They, yeah, no, I, I thought the uh, the only other thing that would be better. Uh, it's 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 a darn shame that the name changed. Um, would be uh, oh, where'd you go? Oh, I lost it. It was it was. I'm sorry. I was going to be funnier. I was mm-hmm. I, I was going to say it's it's a darn shame that they don't. Uh, you know, they if they weren't at the Ritz, you know that that would have been even better. <laughs> Keep <them out. laughs> we are, we are uh, we're hanging out in our respective homes. Dave's hanging out at the Ritz. Find us online, it and the D.com. Do us a favor, give us a like on the socials and subscribe to us everywhere. Find podcasts are sold. Yep, and as as per usual, yeah, no, no, we're we're not we're not doing events or anything anytime soon. Uh, it's just not happening. Um, we, we would love to, but with uh, I don't know if you've been watching, um, but uh, COVID did not disappear. Uh, <laughs> even even though the counts are at, it's not officially yet. Dave. <laughs> it's, oh, it's like, oh, oh, COVID is still waiting. That's that's okay. So yeah, coronavirus is still waiting for the uh, for the answers, like the rest of us. Um, well, <laughs> well, yeah, because no, no, it, you know, if it knows how to like, if it's only like, uh, if it's six feet tall at restaurants, right? It get it doesn't get you when you're sitting, but it gets you when you're standing. So it knows it's waiting, right? <laughs> and it, and it only goes it only goes back and forth, not sideways. So you can stand close in lines, right. but you got to be six feet apart, right. front to back. Yeah, and it only picks the picks the one party's events, not the other party's celebrations. Right, right. <laughs> it didn't take long to get political tonight. <laughs> no, no, the, the no. It's it's equal opportunity mocking. It's yeah. We know we hate everybody. <laughs> As long as we're joking, as long as we're joking, it's fine. You know that's um, that's the way it used that to voice be. You heard, right? That voice you heard is a, it's an old friend of ours, a friend of mine, uh, Mr. Mike Lipinski. Uh, he is the principal of the uh, data security team over at Plant Moran. Uh, Mike, how you doing, buddy? Thanks for hanging out with us. I'm doing great. I'm glad to be here tonight. Miss being in person with good, you guys. Good. We already talked about why we can't do that. Yeah, no, trust no, me, no, we're no. we're missing the studios muchly ourselves. Well, well, uh, yeah, we uh, we still uh, we still have beers in the future, so we'll uh, that'll be a uh, we'll figure that out once they let us. Um, but yeah, th- this is a reason why we invited Mike, and I thought this was a great uh, time for this. Is we're starting to get word that more people are um, getting shifted to a work from home. Um, we got some companies that let people come back that are now shifting it back to a work from home strategy. Yep. Um, and the big and the biggest problem right now, I think, in IT is is, is security, right? When a lot of companies uh, want people to work from home and be safe, but then at the same token, um, how do they secure these networks? How do they make sure that these people aren't being compromised or they're bringing compromised things back into your corporate network? So we kind of wanted to bring Mike in, disseminate some myths, and uh, kind of you know. Well, uh, no, no, Bob, Bob, let's Bob, Bob, let's dispel some myths, not disseminate. Disseminate means spread. What's disseminate? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I wanted to <laughs> spread the myth. That's 
not the word. I always suck at that. Like I try to, I go for the big word once in a while, and I always allow me to disseminate my wisdom upon the court. Yeah, no, it's not. It's not disseminate. It's dispel. I want to hear that. If you want to start on the right foot, you can just say it's security. A lot of us live in denial, so right. Well, no, and I, uh, that's like I guess that's a really good question to kick things off. Is I mean, you know, Plant Moran is known for being, you know, a consulting service, you know, and and, and having a lot of consultants out working with people and and that kind of stuff. So, I mean, I would assume that you know you're used to you know remote access policies and that kind of stuff, but I would think this is taking it a step even further and beyond. It is. It's uh, you know when COVID hit, learning to work remote wasn't a challenge for us because you're right, most of us are road warriors, and so we had the technology in place to support that we had vpns in place to securely connect to corporate assets it's and we'll talk about some of this later but you know we have the technology on our desktops for our teams to properly mm-hmm. secure and manage those even when we're not on the network you know, our bigger challenge was learning how to deliver a, a lot of these services being in a remote environment you know it's a the consultant's favorite tool is a is a whiteboard marker on a whiteboard right and right now all of a sudden we're uh you know, we're, we're finding new ways to, to deliver a lot of these services. Dude, so that was our biggest change. So is everyone getting their own CNN smart board? Because those were really cool. <laughs> I wish. <laughs> Dude, those are great. <laughs> you know what I think? I think I think they're I think there's I think the touching is fake. I think there's like somebody that's like clicking a mouse behind it. And like the guy's just up there pretending. To well, yeah, you had you had the guy, you had you know, you had the one guy at the thing, and then you had Wolf Blitzer walking around with a tablet, and I think it, they were just slaved together. And so, you know, Wolf was just doing the thing, doing the clickety clicks, and the yeah. Most of us have learned how to use the digital technology, but you know, I have to say, at my age, I've turned my closet door into a makeshift whiteboard, and I got a second, you know, webcam. So right. You don't have the modeling lights now on the left and right, do you? The, the ring lights? No. <laughs> no. Ah, uh, see. <laughs> so I guess where do you start when you're, you know, let's say just a regular company, a couple thousand people, um, you're starting this work from home strategy. Where do you start and where do you stop? Because the way I always talked about security, it's kind of like a house, right? You can lock your front door, you can put a Nest Cam, you can buy a dog, you can buy a gun, you can get, you know, weather, uh, the weather guard, hurricane windows, you can build a safe room in the basement. I mean, you can go all out or you can just kind of leave your front door unlocked. What's uh, Where do you start and where do you stop? Uh, I know a lot of people that still think a firewall and antivirus is a layered security system. So there's, there's still a lot of those folks out there. But uh, as far as the home-based, uh, I think there's probably some obvious and some non-obvious things we can talk about. I mean, the obvious things are, you know, how do you get people into that network securely? So, you know, a lot of a lot of folks struggled with trying to go out and buy additional VPN hardware and VPN licensing or even thin client type technology right. people in. You know, uh, you touched on some of it. Uh, we spent money defending our perimeters. We spent money defending our networks, but we really didn't have a lot on the endpoints. And so Plant Moran has our endpoints covered. We run, you know, technology from CrowdStrike. So they've got complete control of our endpoints, even though I'm sitting here at home. But most of our and a lot of clients I work with don't have that capability. So when that endpoint leaves the corporate network, you, to your point, there's a total lack of visibility on it. So, you know, very little control, lack of visibility. So, you know, that comes down to some of the non-obvious challenges, right? Uh, our home networks are inherently insecure. Now, I'm a security professional. Well, especially Bob's, let's be clear. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I have a firewall. I have three different wireless networks. You know, I keep my IoT stuff separate. I have my corporate network, just like, you know, we would advise our clients to do. I have the network, the public network where all the kids can put their stuff and games. 
So, but most people don't have that. Bob, no, Bob. Bob just has one big network with every default password still there. That's that's what Bob has. <laughs> I kind of do. <laughs> you're, you're, you're lucky I'm not your neighbor because I'd mess with you if I was. <laughs> no, it's the uh, whatever the uh, the AT and T. Even though I don't even have AT and T anymore, is the AT and T password is like a 14 digit uh, numeric that I have memorized that became my Eero password. That became my yeah. Pretty much any IoT device became that became the password. Right. So Dave, if you remember that one, then you can hack in my my house. Got it. I'm sure I still have it stored somewhere. <laughs> and then your other non-obvious thing is, you know, it come, a lot of it comes down to data privacy. I mean, think about how a lot of people are working. And I have an office, so it wasn't hard for me to to work from home. I've got a private place here to work where you know my stuff can be locked up. I'm away from family, but most people are working at a kitchen table, you know, and they're living rooms and you know you're exposing your corporate pc sit at their home bar i mean yeah it's crazy i was going to bring that up at some point in time Dave, jealous. <laughs> but uh you know some folks are just you know leaving corporate information sitting on a screen kids running by so i mean there's a whole lot of issues that people need to think about when securing those home-based systems a lot of them are we're still trying to get our hands around I was going to say, yeah, I mean, that's that's got to be the biggest struggle that you hear. And, and you hear it from both sides, both from, you know, the corporate side and the, the actual employee side. I mean, it's not like they really want or, you know, enjoy the fact that they're sitting there at the kitchen table or dining room table with, you know, trying to turn that into a workspace while the kids are also trying to use it for their third grade homework while, you know, whoever's trying to use it for, you know, homeowners association meeting work and that kind of stuff. So, I mean, it's it's definitely a struggle. And I mean, I, I can see why that's like that's a headache just for everybody all around. Yeah, those those are a lot of the challenges. And, uh, you know, again, you think about it, you might have two people working from home. You might have, you know, kids doing their distance learning. That's that's just a lot of stuff going on in that household at that point in time. So a lot of new threats to the corporate environment. Well, we didn't even talk about, you know, a lot of the a lot of you know folks didn't have the ability to send corporate gear home. So they had to go down the path of allowing people to connect to the environment with personal equipment. Mm-hmm. That's a whole other conversation that we could have and the threats that that brings in. So Yeah, you thought BYOD was bad. BYOD remotely is even worse. <laughs> right. right. Well, that's the uh, the one thing that caught my eye recently. You know, we're call- we're talking to a lot of, you know, 25 to 75 seat companies. Um there's not one of them that hasn't hit by been hit by ransomware. Yeah. Um, it's insane. Like these companies that traditionally are like hundred year old HVAC supply distribution company, right? You know, eighty year old man behind a green screen, and you know, twelve people that are in the, like the big office, and they get hit with and and board. not not like virtual background green screen. Let's be clear for the kids at home that have no idea what a green screen mainframe looks like. <laughs> <laughs> no. yeah. Hey, don't don't the date all of us now. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. But it's the, you know, the, I just talked to a company on fr- last Friday. It was Property restoration firm, forty people. They got six months um, after after ransomware, and they decided not to pay it, roll back. But then their accounting software got wiped, you know, to rebuild it. I mean, that that this is where it's nuts when companies like that are getting hit by ransomware. I mean, so what? I mean, I don't know if you got any tips or tricks, but what you know, uh, other than being aware that this don't is going to happen to them, what, what can they do? The to link. Themselves? Tip number one: Don't click the, yeah. click the link. That's that's tip number one. Yeah, that's what it, that's how it happened. That is the biggest. It's you know, it's still over ninety percent of uh, you know the initial breaches still come in through phishing. It's you know, good companies that 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 train often. You know, an industry average is about ten percent click rate. 
you know, companies that are that are really good at doing their uh, their security awareness training might get down to two or three percent. But if you get a two thousand person company, two or three percent is still a lot of people clicking yep. on a link. So, you know, it's you're, you're still inviting that threat. And so when it happens, why does it happen? It's 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 nothing different than it's always been. We're not being hit with zero day ransomware. We're being hit with ransomware that we've known about for a while. And it's taking advantage of the fact that as IT organizations, we don't do a good job patching. We've got weak password policies and all the hygiene stuff that I normally talk about, you know, lack of segmentation in our network. So it's it's just us doing a better job internally, assuming that, you know, eventually the phishing message is going to get through what happens when it does. So, I mean, that's a good point. Like the bigger companies can afford proof point. And, you know, um, I'm trying to think of the the couple other emails I used in the past, but like. What's what's a fifty person shop? What what's the best you know? What's the best bang for their buck? Um, to to you know, even if they do click it, to to make sure that that doesn't infect everything. I think the biggest bang is to do the things we talked about: fix the hygiene stuff first. Keep your make sure you keep all your patches up. Make sure that you've you've got strong password policies. You're not giving all your users local admin on their desktops. That's how ransomware spreads quickly. And then on top of that, but you know, but I want my screensaver, Mike. But <laughs> <yeah>. I want. <laughs> Got to download iTunes or whatever. It is. Yeah. And then after that, it's what was the uh, not to reminisce? What was the damn thing that everybody downloaded in the late '90s? That was like a rant. That was a malware. Whether Kazaa, LimeWire. Bonzi buddy, thank you. Oh, Bonzi, oh. Bonzi. made that rotten hell. Back yes. then, the worst thing that you had though was something would pop up and take control of your screen and take control of your volume and embarrass you, and you'd have to just reboot to shut it off. That was right. the worst thing that happened. <laughs> ah, the good old days. Uh huh. Right. So, what? Uh, one thing I wanted to talk to you about, and I sat with a vendor a couple uh, weeks ago. We had having breakfast. He must have said 13 or 14 acronyms and it took me like, I almost had to like leave my phone open to Google translate shit because like, and I'm supposed to be kind of in the business, you know, um, like there's stuff like we hear it batted around all the time. Like, you know, the cloud, we all just said, you know, we all, uh, we all know that someone else's computer, but right. stuff like zero trust now, stuff like zero, like all like the hot words, like, oh, we're doing uh machine learning, AI, SIM, you know, uh, auto remediation endpoint. You know, Hasa, Russa, 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 Russa. Right. But it's getting to be super sloppy on how they, these, these marketing terminologies, I guess, what's real and what's not when you get down to the brass tacks of this whole thing. I think we're starting to use, and I think you're right, you're starting to use a lot of these terms to cover a broader and broader range of, of, of topics, right? So cloud was a perfect example. But, you know, what is cloud? Cloud could mean infrastructure as a service or a hosting platform or software as a service or, to your point, my computers and somebody else's data center. So cloud is really right. overused. But, you know, you touched on some zero trust. Yeah, great concept, but it's used for everything. You should have zero trust for your vendors. You should have zero trust for your employees. But, you know, most organizations. You get some zero trust. And you get some zero trust. And everybody gets zero trust. I remember having that conversation once back in my previous CIO role. I had a board member tell I, I was fighting for dollars and I had a board member tell me, Well, we trust our people. I said, Well then you don't need me here because you're paying me not to trust them. Right. So, right. 
But, uh, you know, zero trust is, 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 is a great concept, but you really have to have a certain level of sophistication in your, in your program to be able to roll out something. Mm-hmm. Like that. Think about what it takes to, you know, authenticate somebody to the environment, authorize them to all your various assets, and then review that in real time. Real time is a whole nother term we got to talk yeah. about. And near real time. Uh, and, and, you know, based on risk, adjust that access. So yeah, it's a great concept and it's a great security model, but there's very few organizations that can actually deploy that with where they're at today with the maturity of their infrastructure. Well, that's what, uh, it's funny because I was talking to a business owner and I, we were kind, I was kind of joking about it and I was talking about this product that, you know, I said, does machine learning and that's this and that. And he goes, listen, he goes, I don't care if there's 10,000 whatever's behind, you know, in some warehouse clicking away as long as my shit's done enough to worry about it. Like, you know what I mean? Cause I think a lot, the vendors think that th- these words are really, really important, but I think the, you know, at the end of the day, the, the companies or the people, the consumers that buy this stuff, they just want to know that this, this stuff is done. And, <laughs> is it, know, is it kind of like a, is it kind of like just like a, a, a mutual, almost like self-importance level of bullshit at some point where like, you know, when the right people get in the room and, and the terminology and the acronyms start getting flown around. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 That's oh yeah. It's highly. Oh yeah. Yeah. Whereas like in reality, they both know that at the end of the day, can, can this, does it work? And, and can it, does it, does it solve the problem? That's all I need to know. I, I don't need buzzwords and 37 page PowerPoint presentations. Just, just does it work and does it get shit done? I think that's the buyer beware question, right? Uh, you know, AI, we can touch on. I'll come back to that. Next generation is a perfect example. Everything today is next generation. Wow. That used to mean I created something brand new that solves a new problem. Now it's just my next upgrade in the series is next generation. Right. That's another one of those overused terms that we that we see a lot. But and they're still calling next gen firewalls, right? From like I think that's been used for 14 years, <laughs> if I'm not mistaken. It's that's that's a patch release. That's that's what that's the next generation. <laughs> it's, it's next generation well, now because it also incorporates web content filtering. Right. right? <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, you touched on AI. That's you have a background in that, Bob. I mean, that's that I think is probably one of the most overused terms that I hear because, you know, I, I'll probably hear from some of the data scientists out there, but I'll be the first one to say AI doesn't really exist yet. Machine learning does. Correct. Learning does. But, you know, it's really algorithms that are driving, you know, outcomes for us. And there's value in that. Trust me, that if you can use math and technology to replace, you know, a human being and do a lot of heavy lifting today and, in, in, you know, the areas that we've. Yeah, faster. Done, yeah. Great. But stop calling it something it's not. It's, it's not a living thinking thing at this point in time. <laughs> I mean, wasn't it just automation? Like, is that, you know what I mean? Like in a lot, in a lot of cases. Yeah. I mean, a a lot of things that are called quote unquote AI aren't, I mean, to his point, I mean, that's, you know, they, they are just, you know, they're, they're machine learning, they're, they're tool automation. They're, they're that kind of stuff. They're not really, I mean, yeah, there are, I mean, we've talked about it before. Like, yeah, Google has a few AIs running around, um, doing their thing. And, and those truly are, but those aren't something that your firewall company has or that, you know, your, your intrusion detection company has that's just, you know, that's, that's machine learning and automation. Yeah. They've got a really cool, uh, really cool setup in their lobby when you go into their, one of their buildings and you'll begin typing a sentence and it'll complete your sentence for you. So, but again, that's just deep learning. I mean, that's, Mm -hmm. that's, that's an algorithm behind that. That's doing that for you. And is it accurate? Yeah. More often I, I used it more often than not. It's, it's correct. 
It's what I was thinking. Well, yeah, I mean, and that, well, and that's, you know, I mean, predictive analysis is a huge thing. I mean, but again, that's machine learning. That's taking, a, I mean, that's, and that, you know, that, and that's where it all comes down to big data. Let's get another buzzword in there. Where, you know, okay, based on certain criteria, yep, you sitting down and starting to type something, 98 times out of 100, this is how, I mean, it, it's no different than, you know, people doing cold reading or, you know, guys doing card tricks and reading a room. Yeah, I mean, you you, you learn how patterns and, and that kind of stuff work, and that's, that's you use it to your advantage. Yeah, after 10 years of marriage, you can complete your spouse's sentence, right? Your, your brain's machine learning. Right. I mean, so at the end of the day, Mike, you're you're sitting in front of these clients, you're giving them a best practice sheet, and, and you're kind of giving them a pat in the butt and saying, you know, good luck out there. Um, but, you know, how much is involved on their end versus their vendor's end versus their consultant's end, right? I mean, it's got to be, this thing is a work in progress. It's never over. Once you think it's over something, you get hit. Um, I mean, all these things got to come into play or what, where do you, I guess, you know, again, I don't want to say where do you stop but like at one point are you we kind of say okay we're kind of good is there ever does that point ever happen well in a selfish standpoint no because you know security is never done because tomorrow there's a new threat but i think to your point it's a balance of all three I, I i think whether or not you use consultants or whether or not you use third parties to provide some of your tactical security services you still got to address the strategic operational and tactical aspects of running your cybersecurity program and you know, how you choose to do that and how much you do in-house and how many outside people you bring in to do that, that's still a work in progress and, you know, still something that, that has to happen. Yeah, I mean, that was the one thing that I was, was was one thing I've never done for a living and I will never do it for a living, but just being a security analyst and, hmm. and looking at millions of log files and putting stories together and trying to find a needle in the haystack. I mean, um you know, when you're looking at these giant, you know, I guess walk me through that. Like you, you've been through it a little bit, but it's, walking it, through these log files, it's what, not enjoyable. It's not. <laughs> no, I, I was I, like, <laughs> you know, for the for people that haven't done it before, what the hell sticks out to make you go, "Oh my god, we found something"? Like to well, me, it's just, it's, it's you know. yeah, Dave's spot on. It's not enjoyable. And I started my career in the forensic side. I was a mm-hmm. forensic investigator. So back then, we didn't have cool technology. We had Perl scripts and search criteria, and so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right, let me let me build another grep command. Hold on, let me let... doing heavy lifting on your own. So, but to your point, you just, with the amount of data our systems produce today, you just can't have a human being go through it. That's where some of these technologies, the machine learning or the promise of what UEBA can do, you know, the behavior analytics mm-hmm. technologies can do, replacing that human effort part and at least going through and. It's no different than what we're trying to do with robotic processing, right? We're trying to take mundane tasks and create software to reproduce those mundane tasks. We're trying to do the same thing on the security side with the machine learning and behavior analytics. How do I take all this data? How do I correlate it into a meaningful way? And how do I look for things that are, are higher risk than all the other noise that's in here so my people can focus on you know, something meaningful versus just you know, spending all day looking at a log? So that's where we need to get. But I like log. <laughs> it's big. It's heavy. It's wood. No, I mean, and, th- and that's, you know, to his point, I mean, that's that's the thing. I mean, and that's where, you know, that's where the machine learning helps, even if it's not, even if it doesn't do everything, if it does the heavy lifting of pouring through million, you know, millions and tens of millions of lines of, you know, log entries to be able to go, okay, 
guys, here's the 10 you need to pay attention to and, and see if – and then, oh, by the way, based on your response to those 10, then I know whether or not to bring those 10 up to your attention again. Yeah, we have to get there because we can't do it the old-fashioned way anymore. The brute force method just isn't going to work. Well, yeah, I mean, especially in the real-time world. Um, but, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, that's the thing. I mean, you know, it, you know, back in the day, it wasn't too hard – to you know take a look at a log file you know in, in in real time and be able to say okay yeah there's some weird stuff going on let me go ahead and make some adjustments that's you know but yeah no you got you know 50 servers doing you know 100 different vms each and doing it yeah just yeah that's just not going to play yeah the amount of log data so, generating through all these systems now is just it's too much noise you got to do something to knock it down to something mm-hmm. meaningful Mike, I, I got to ask you. I got um, I got set straight the other day. <laughs> and part of the security strategy they had was implementing uh, Microsoft Defender. And for me, I thought that was like having Minesweeper as your firewall. Um, and they said, "No, Microsoft's come a long way. It's actually legitimate." And I'm like, I totally took a, ste- a seat back. Like, when the hell did this happen? And where was I when when Microsoft finally uh, put out a decent secure uh, secured their OS decently? Well, every yeah. third party application is a potential entry point into your computer. So, mm-hmm. better Microsoft than Mc- McAfee or Norton. They have come a long way. It's, yeah, I, I don't want to pick on any one product. I think, I, I think I'll sum it up this way. I think if you're defending on just an antivirus program to defend your desktops, you're in a bad position. You know, there's malware oh, that sure. can pass that. There's, you know, there's other technologies you can load now that you can either whitelist or or uh, the blacklist certain applications. There's things that you can load now that will not allow, you know, new you know, ex- executable files or binaries to load, or it can, it can actually create a sandbox and load, you know, suspicious thing in sandboxes. We've come a long way with what desktop protection can do. So I guess my answer to your question is if you're just relying on antivirus, you're, you're going to be behind the curve on a lot of things. No, it was part of an overall strategy, but the, the fact that that was even part of it, <laughs> yeah. you know, so it threw me a, Threw me as for a surprise, just put it that way. Because back then it was like update Defender. You're like, no, you know, why the hell would I want that? Turn it off, disable it. Now wait, the, like, wait a minute, the game on Atari? Yeah, I'll take that, but no, not yeah. yeah exactly. I still got my Atari around somewhere. I don't know where it's at. So do I actually just uh yeah, so so this is here and then all the retro video games are on the uh the other side of the basement. That was kind of I think everybody should have at least, you know, gone through one quarantine project by now. Um and you know, mine was getting uh seventeen old gaming systems hooked up to a to a flat screen over there. Nice. So what else is going on in your world, Mike? What are you what are you seeing that's uh that's that's sticking out or that's that's crazy or just Things that have changed because we're all in this, this weird shutdown. What uh, any anything glaring out on your side? I think you've touched on a lot of them. You know, the work from home has been a, a big issue for a lot of people and trying to get their hands around that. Um, I, ransomware is still big. I'm seeing probably two, maybe even three of those a week. That's it. we have a lot of people being hit by those. Believe it or not, the fraud is still working. I just had another one the other week uh, where, uh, you know, the uh, the whole gift card concept works. And I don't know why anybody would believe that their CEO asked them to pick up 50 gift cards and, you know, open them up and take pictures of the back and send them to you. But believe it or not, that still works. It's, so, uh, yeah. Still seeing Mike, that. I didn't t- did I tell you that story? Uh, it was a contractor 
twelve thousand dollars because this got an email from the CEO and he, and, and the, basically they're from the CFO. Sorry, and then basically like we're not compensating you. Like that that one that one I can't even be, begin to tell you. <laughs> not you know you don't want to call anybody stupid because you know you get an email from the CFO and you're kind of excited. But yeah, twelve thousand dollars in gift cards at Meyer. Well, on the fish, you, those, we, that we exaggerate because we we still think that, you know, that's one that shouldn't work, but it does. But, you know, the other fishing is getting so targeted now. I, I worked on one uh, successful breach where, you know, we found the phishing email and you couldn't really blame the person because it looked just like 20 other emails that that person got during the day with, you know, an attachment that looked just like a purchase order and invoice. It's like, this is what this person does day in and day out. There was no difference in this email from 20 other ones that that individual received. So, you know, when, when you see that, that's one of those, you know, well, that one's going to work and they're going to click on that one. So, you know, that's where we teach people to still just be conscious of the things that you're doing during the day. You know, it's to see something, say something thing. You might not have caught the initial breach because that email wasn't suspicious to you then, but at some point in time, when you continue working on that, you know, when you continue processing that invoice and you're asked to set up a new account, at some point, something's going to become suspicious. I might have done something wrong here. Can we, can we take a look at this? Can we... <laughs> yeah, so it's, and that's the educational piece of this where it's never too late to pause and say, okay, maybe something's wrong here. Well, and then you have to deal that's with, unfortunately, the, uh, the human nature of nobody likes to admit a mistake. Nobody wants sure. to, yeah. No, because we started talking to, I had a friend call me and he's like, are you trying to email me? And I'm like, yeah, that's, he goes, me, you know, that's me. And he goes, all right, I just want to make sure, you know, that it's not someone spoofing you. And I'm like, okay. But like, we're finding out now where we're talking to people saying like two-factor communication, like you even sniff that something's wrong, like just text the person or Facebook them or call them or anything, Yeah, you know, from a mobile or from any, just to say like, is this, is this you? No one's gonna quit. You know, no one's gonna get mad at you if you if you try to. You know, I just want to make sure. You know, it's really um, your best protection. You pick know. up the phone. We've gotten so used to automation that we we live in a digital world. We'll communicate that way back and forth. And you know, if that can get spoofed, then they can own that whole process. Well, yeah. I mean, you're getting it now with people setting up fake profiles on LinkedIn. People setting up fake profiles on Instagram. You know, I got texted the other day and i'm like wait a minute someone i haven't talked to in a while so i was like hey how have you been you know and, you know it's not them you know yeah. find that out real quick you raised all the red flags but like yeah they're getting they're i don't know if they're getting smarter they're just getting relentless one of the two but i don't think they're going to stop anytime soon nope um I forgot. I, it was a 2020 Gartner had that stat more than half the info. Maybe it was 2021, but you know, more than, they predict more than half the information you see on the internet is going to be fake. And a lot of it's just back to what we talked about before. They, they said AI, but you know, the same techniques we talked about before. Wait, you mean it's not already? I just, I'm, I'm so <laughs> machines creating this content and setting up these things faster than a human being can go. They just think about, you know, how long it takes somebody at Facebook or LinkedIn to look at a profile, make a judgment and delete it. And the machines are setting them up at, you know, 100 times that pace. Right. Well, that's what the one, uh, was there a documentary or something? We were talking to, kind of, I don't know where, if it was either on TV or talking about like the bot factories that pet people up against each other. And that was kind of like well, the last two years online, like at least on like Reddit and other things were like, you know, they would take these extreme sides and get people riled up. You know, and, and just like 
you, you don't know what's real, what's a bot, you know, what's a bot. And we have one friend that uh, types his name out in Ukrainian on Facebook, and every time he tries to argue politics, they're like, yeah, whatever, Russian bot. Yeah. He's like, no, it's really me. Like, <laughs> uh, but, like, you know, yeah, you, that's the one thing. Like, don't argue with strangers. It's, uh, I can't – I don't know how, why people got into that habit. Like, if you don't know someone, like, you don't know their context, you know. But, like, but if someone's wrong on the internet, Bob, they must be corrected. But to your Only point, well, I think you said it earlier, it's not already. So I know Gartner's predicting this 50% of the stuff we read is false, but I like your point where it's not already because I was teaching my kids seven, eight years ago when they were first getting on the li- online that you can't believe what you can read yep. because I could have went out there at that point in time and written a documentary on how to do brain surgery. And I promise you, it would have sounded pretty good. I would have done some research. I wouldn't follow it if I were you, but I could have put I, it out I, Hey, I, I can go buy a lab coat and stand behind a podium. Life's good. Exactly. <laughs> well, that's uh, what was the story, Randy? Like uh, it was a Babylon B story, but then they got they got banned or they got something for like, they got demonetized a over um, a Monty Python joke. Yeah, huh. right. But it was satire quoting <laughs> Monty Python, and they got like kicked off of one of the social networks. No, they, well, they didn't get kicked off. They just got yeah. demonetized. Yeah. Right. Damn Monty Python! Did British humor see? Exactly. Nobody gets it. That's that's the problem. Yeah, nobody. I know. See, I don't have that problem anymore. When you work for a you know a consulting firm like I do, you have to really temper a lot of the things you say. This is about as wild as I can get is when I'm with you guys. So, <laughs> good thing it's not being recorded and sent out to. Uh, we're we're happy to we're happy to be that outlet. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I guess uh, you know we'll we'll cut you cut you loose, but like. Um, you know, a couple best practices maybe to take away that maybe people haven't thought about yet. Uh, something, you know, to keep in your sleeve. I know maybe, maybe, well, we got to get you billable before we give those away. But uh, <laughs> if you got, if you got one for all of us, uh, that'd be great. I guess the biggest things that I'm throwing out to folks now, we touched on it earlier. You know, you, you, we can't defend our perimeters, or our networks anymore. We really have to defend it at our data. And a lot of us don't know where our data is. So spend some time really understanding where your data is and, you know, what's sensitive and, you know, things you can do to defend it. And I, uh, you know, beyond that, I think it's just, you know, start, we need to just start doing a better job, not being the easy target. You know, these machines are attacking us now and it's not, it's not the guy in the hoodie in his parents' basement. We still have that image in our head of that, you know, that person being the, the person attacking us and we're being attacked by machines that don't care about us. Don't know who, who we also are. wear hoodies. Let's be clear. Cause they sure, want to be cool. That's yeah. <laughs> but, uh, you know, they're looking just for an easy target. And so if you're that organization that, you know, has a firewall and antivirus and the thing you think you're sufficient, you know, you're going to be one of those easy targets that they're going to find and you'll be one of the next ransomware stories. So yep. do the things that you need to do to not be that easy target. Don't, I'm not telling you to triple quadruple your cybersecurity budget, but try not to be the easy target. It's, you know, right along the lines yeah. of, you know, measure, measure twice, cut once, hover yep. twice, click once. <laughs> that's, can't say it better. I think that's a great way to put it. <laughs> Mike, uh, you're free to find on uh, LinkedIn. Am I correct? I am. Okay. Uh, Mike Lipinski, Plan Moran, uh, Metro Detroit. Mike, uh, I can't thank you enough for the time and the insight. Trying to uh, waddle through this uh, cybersecurity world this gets a little crazy, so appreciate it. Uh, clearing the clearing the clouds, no pun intended, uh, for us a little bit. Well, gentlemen, thanks for having me. I always enjoy hanging out with you guys. Maybe next time we can do it in person. That'd be great. No, I appreciate it. Look forward to next time uh, it opens back up. We can have some beers. So. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, enjoy the rest of your night, man. All right, thanks, everyone. Yeah. Good to see you, sir.
Mike Lipinski, Plant Moran, appreciate that time spent. He's uh, definitely a wealth of knowledge, been a CISO for manufacturers, been a CIO for a large company. Now he's actually a, a billable consultant, but he's in charge of the security practice of Plant. So, yeah, great, great wealth of knowledge. Oh, yeah, very much so. And, yeah, he's always just been a great guy. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. No doubt. Loves his barbecue, man. Oh, my God. <laughs> who, I mean, who doesn't? Come on. Oh, he puts out some good food. Too. Oh, my God. Never mind. Yeah, we'll talk about that later. Uh, so, dude, second oh episode God, of The Mandalorian. Mandalorian. <laughs> oh, my God. So, it's getting to the... It's getting, I'm just going to start with this. It's spoiler alert. With spoiler me. alert. No, yeah, spoiler alert. Fast forward. FFWD. Preparing to fast forward. Um, it's getting to the point... Oh, somebody got me... Uh, Mel got me a Spaceballs the face mask, by the way. Uh, it's, it's awesome. Nice. How's she doing? Um, she, uh, not good. Uh, we'll talk offline. Okay. Um, Is she back? No, her, uh, Jim, no, her stepfather uh, passed away. Oh, that's right. Duh. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, she was back for a month, but she's gone already. Um, I have to... It's gotten to the point with Mandalorian where I have to watch the Easter egg videos afterwards. So they can tell me what was in the book, what was in what video game that I didn't play, what was in the book I didn't read, what was what part was this, you know, who did that cameo? Um, so I can oh, and then I watch it again, and then I look for that shit. So that, that's how I watch Mandalorian now. Well, and and I've learned like so, you, you can't like so Mandalorian is one of those shows that I I cannot watch as background noise. You you absolutely have to be fully paying attention to it when you're watching it. Oh. And you're not going to catch everything the first time you watch it. You're just not. Um, well, the funny thing is, like, so in this episode, I'm like, oh, the frog lady, that's a Schlee stack. And then this whole episode was like, oh, that's the alien eggs on the ground. Oh, that's the Tron video game. With right. Spiders. You know, uh, but like, but it, then you look back and you, you find out, oh, no, those were in the books. Those were in the original mm-hmm. part. Those were, you know, part of this lo- book. And that was part of this lore. And okay. All right. All right. All right. All right. Yeah, they're they're great at doing like Easter eggs for the fans on many, many levels and not in such a way that it distracts or detracts from anything. But if but it's one of those if you know, you know. Yeah. But like the whole like, oh, my God, X-Wings. Oh, my God. Attack mode. Yeah. But like, what are you pulling them over for not having a blink a blinker? His brake lights are out. Like what you turn into like shitty shitty mall cops right hey can you uh yeah, switch over to channel two for a sec <laughs> right exactly it's like that's what they've become and it was i don't know if that was like purposely trying to mock their they're like they have nothing going on so they're just like pulling people over i mean and it and it, and it it did kind of seem that way that you know they were just kind of messing with them especially at the end um, they, hey, how about you guys, you know, help me, you know, weld this hole in my hull and, and I'll forego the bounties. Nah, how about you just fix your crap and, and then, and, and we won't bust you by. <laughs> right. By the way, the deviled egg, like, this is like the first time I was, I was <laughs> pissed at baby Yoda. Like, oh my God. When he first touched the canister, I thought he was like, oh, I feel these eggs like through the force or something. Right. But no, he just wanted to eat them. <laughs> right. And that's some bitch. Caught a sec at the very, I missed the very end of the first time around. I watched it again after the Easter egg video, YouTube video. Snuck another one in. I'm like, you some bitch. Oh, at the very end. <laughs> <laughs> right. That's why, dude. That's why I love, I love the meme uh, that, that I threw up on the page. That's the, you know, your mom. Yeah, that's, you know, don't touch the deviled eggs in the fridge. <laughs> they're, they're for the guests. <laughs> Did you see the child more 
animated this season than last season. Absolutely. Like, and, and honestly, like, I, I, you just felt like yeah. a, I noticed that the first episode, like even just like dumb shit, like with uh, when he was in the sidecar on the speeder bike uh, or in the in the thing on the speeder bike and his ears were flapping back in the wind like a dog, um, just stuff like that. I do My have one question. Bought- though. How did this episode really advance the plot? This felt kind of like a filler episode. Uh, so it's no different than no hold on I, I get this than you uh season one they had these episodes the one with bill burr where they're on the police thing they had the one with the uh the kid that was the uh, uh my god why can't i think of his damn name or whatever um the bounty hunter kid that was the, the you know they went off in the uh why can't i think in season one they had these episodes like every two or three of them. It's not a filler. I think um, he's looking for Mandalorians to drop off the kid baby too. Yeah, and and so and to me, I, I think it it does a couple of things. One, it introduces um, for the first time the concept of the New Republic. Um, you know, so the first episode, you know, touched on the fall of the empire and here we are a little bit later. So this episode kind of introduces the concept of the new Republic still, you know, flying around with their, with their X wings, trying to establish some law and order and, and that, you know, and, and control. Um, you know, it, it, it does the, uh, you know, it kind of reinforces the, the Mandalorian code. Um, you know, the, Hey, you know, when she called and by the way, the whole re like wiring up through the robot was just creepy as hell. Um, um, but yeah, you know, that whole, you know, I, I thought, you know, Mandalorians always stuck to their word, always honored a deal. Um, you know, that, that kind of stuff. I thought that was good. Um, sitting in hands, sitting in hand and Greedo's seat. Yeah. Playing, uh, Playing Lando Calrissian Euchre. Yeah, dude, that was so. That was awesome. Sabak. And then apparently the apparently the uh, bartender uh, was Mark Hamill. Uh, they stuck that one in. I saw that. Yeah. And then oh, I watched one video. Some people got way too much time on their hands when they were watching when they're doing the um, Death Star blowing up news thing and the hologram on uh, the last. Episode oh, are you talking about the uh, the Orabesh scroll? Yeah, it was like Luke Skywalker blows up. Death, it, it was the Death it was the opening scroll. It was the opening scroll from Return of the Jedi, which which right. made no sense because it made reference to the yeah. But the fact that it said Luke, so someone had actually knows the alphabet, went and did like the like the the, 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 the Malto meal decoder pen or whatever. Not Malto meal. Uh, oh, the serial decoder <laughs> ring. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So did the decoder ring and uh, said, oh, my God, it's a Luke Skywalker. Let's do a YouTube video. And, of course, clowns like me watch it. Go, oh, my God, it said Luke Skywalker. <laughs> when, when, for all you know, it did not say Luke Skywalker. <laughs> well, we'll see now. There's um, – now I'm hearing we're going to get Ezra now. So, like, because, you know, because Filoni wrote – did all the Rebels. So now yep. – they're going to bring a ton of shit in from there over the next like three episodes. Yeah, there's there's supposed to be. Well, I mean, they they had talked about this before it even came out that there was going that. I mean, just the introduction of Ahsoka, what there was going to be a very strong Rebels tie-in this season. Right, but we never thought we were actually going to get Ezra. You know, yeah. I wonder if they get Freddie Prince Junior. Freddie Prince Junior. Yeah, we had talked about that for the live action yeah. stuff. Yeah. 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 He does the voice, Randy. I don't know if you knew yeah, that. I, I watched it, yeah. Oh, because Freddie Prince Jr. hasn't worked since uh, Can't Hardly Wait, so they got to get him somewhere. <laughs> oh, my God. 
God. What a, what a throwback. Scooby-Doo? <laughs> yeah. Yes. Can't, can't Hardly Wait was, God, 96, 97, if that. I saw that in the theater. And I dubbed it Can't Hardly Wait to Leave the Theater. Nice. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it had Jennifer Love Hewitt looking really, really good and, and Jenna Elfman. That's probably the only reason we went to the theater yeah. to see it. Yeah. Um, so apparently uh, people are, are really keen on finding uh, booze, pizza, and weed these days, <laughs> this past week. That's really – that was really funny to me for, for one reason is – like the Google, like the number one search on Google, not the number, like the, not the number one search overall, um, but one of the top searches um, was liquor stores near me. And I'm like going, all right, if I need some booze, how the hell do I not know what's my corner liquor store? Like usually when you move in, it's like, that's like what it, I got to find a pizza joint, a gas station and a liquor store like yeah. that. <laughs> Where's the market? You know, um, yeah, so like that's you know the people were looking for uh, yeah booze and pizza like again I don't I don't stuff like that makes no sense to me on on who's googling it but you know who am I right Well I mean it, it, say, um, it could have had something to do with like maybe you know at a, at a certain time of day you don't know what's open or not um, you know and so you're doing it that way I, who knows Well they were like alcohol delivery sales there's a delivery service sales were sixty eight percent higher than the previous. Uh, four Tuesdays on average, uh, 133% DC, New York, 110%. Um, <laughs> it's just, it, yeah. But what else are you going to do, man? You're stuck in the house. You're stuck watching the mess on TV. Well, yeah. And yeah, instead of do, instead story. of doom scrolling, you're just doom watching CNN <laughs> for 96 I mean, hours. Prime Pizza in Burbank in downtown LA, delivery orders were triple up 250%. Like, I didn't realize pizza was part of this whole. Was watching TV, but yeah, um, you know what? I, you know what I want to talk about too. Um, that I'm kind of, I'm getting starting to get pissy about it, but I understand that you can't come out with movies and content because all this shit. You know what I mean? Um, everybody's on lockdown, but like the amount of dubbed movies on Netflix right now is way too damn high. <laughs> um, they're like, wow, let's watch this, and it's like watching '60s kung fu. Like with some, you know, and most of them are like Spanish or French. It's like some rogue cop movie. I'm like, that looks pretty dope. And I put it on and I'm like, can't do it. I can't watch it. And my wife's like, I want to watch it. So I'm like, sat here and played Clash Royale on my phone. She was like, you want to fight me? You know, like, hey, I watched like, oh, like, watch The Protector. Well, and, the one- and uh, it's a Turkish show. So I mostly listened to it and only looked up for like he- action heavy scenes. Otherwise, I was right. like, watching my phone while I was listening to it. Well, then the one there was like a sex scene, and it was like a loud sex scene. It wasn't like you know, like an eighties movie or something like you know. And it was like, then they had to hire a voice actor to sit here and like, ah, oh, do uh, uh, I mean, like, uh, yeah, <laughs> right. It's like it's like you couldn't just leave in the original audio for that part. You, you could tell it was dubbed. Um, I, you know, again, I don't, uh, and I get it. They're they're giving trying to give us movies and stuff. Um, there was a. Uh, can you, blessed, can you uh, imagine being the voice actor getting that call? Yeah, right. <laughs> you're reading the script and you're like, you got a grunt. Like how? Like, is that a uh, or is that a? Uh, or is it, uh? There's a. Um, if you're a networking uh, guy or gal or into fiber optics, 
Um, it's actually pretty. It's a it's an okay movie. It was just fun for the technology shit. Um, because I was in fiber optics, like what, like back in 04, 03. A couple of the shit I actually did. Um, but it was a movie called The Hummingbird Project, with uh, it's like Andrew Skarsgård, guard, and uh, um, what the hell's her name? Uh, from Desperado. Why can't I think of her name right now? Salma Hayek. Um, yeah, Salma Hayek. Salma Hayek. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, but it was like there was like they were trying to. It was a financial firm that was trying to tunnel through a mountain to deliver, um, uh, get it to 16 milliseconds. So that you know, Skarsgård was like the genius. Um, Lex Luthor was one of the, the guy that was trying to buy all the land, and it was like tons of uh, cool technology in it. So yeah, if you're if you just want to watch it for the tech, it, it's a good watch, but it's not a great. It's a medium movie. Did you find it? The humming hummingbird project. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's not that old. No, it's from eighteen. Yeah. Hmm? But like they were using older technology. It was kind of I don't know. Gotcha. Uh, I don't know if it was a true story. If it was a true story and it was based it was based earlier, but you know. Um, <laughs> it's a period piece set in the nineteen eighties. It's yeah. I don't know. Well, whatever. It was. It was for the tech. It was good. So I guess um, Cisco. Uh, you know, speaking of something topical with Mike, the uh, remote work security trends. Yeah. Um, you know, Cisco's dying to be a security company, even though half your business is route and switch, but you won't acknowledge it. It's 80% margin business. Um, did I say that out loud? Um, <laughs> hey, Amazon uh, still pretends they're a bookstore. Do they really now? Um, but apparently, uh, you know, top priorities. I mean, some of this stuff's common, but they're like cybersecurity has become top priority for organizations. Um, it's more important than pretty much anything going on right mm-hmm. now. Um, and then 70% of medium organizations have uh, experienced an increase of 25% or more in cyber threats or alerts. Um, you know. And then, uh, yeah, security access is, the, is the, one of the top challenges, like identity and all that. So yeah, Well, yeah, because, I mean, even you know the, the bad actors are stuck at home bored just like the rest of us, so they got more, <laughs> more free time. Right, right. Um. Yeah, they're saying 66% are using VPNs, 58% are using a cloud service through a web browser, 48% are using remote access, 34% are just using a firewall, and then 33% are relying on passwords alone um, for that. So, yeah, there's a whole bunch of other stuff. If you want to Google it, uh, our friends at Blue Mirror put it out. But, yeah, it's uh, remote work security. That was pretty good. Um, So I got to ask, uh, you pointed, you know, speaking of movies, uh, you pointed out that Porky's was, was on Amazon Prime. I'm I'm curious. Did they watch it lately? Did they put any kind of disclaimer on it? I zero. See, I'm just I'm and just wondering because, dude, if if Blazing Saddles has to have a 10 minute intro by a college professor to explain it contextually, why doesn't Porky's? I forgot how bad I remembered a few things, but like within the first five minutes, you have them asking everyone, "Did you get the N word?" You have uh, anti-Semitic remarks against uh, a guy. You have uh, sexual harassment that's being laughed at. You have, I mean, this is probably one of the guys looking through girls' showers. Peeking, you know, peeking at girls in the showers. Yeah, you've got, yeah, teachers sleeping. Yeah. And they think, yeah, they think it's funny. Um, Dude, this is bad. (laughs) And I wasn't cringing, so I grew up with this stupid movie. But, man, this is one of those ones where you're like, 
holy shit like the <laughs> stuff that they were saying and doing like how how is this out oh i know i forgot how bad it was and uh, i'm watching this like literally embar- like oh my god if 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 so and so saw this <laughs> right <laughs> and i remember the um the funny thing is my uh, my daughter was coming down with her friend in the whole uh the, the crank call scene at the diner was going on and they're like, hey, but he goes by Mike. <laughs> <his look>. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Michael, he goes by Mike. <laughs> yeah. But that's a, uh, then the funny thing, here's the funny part. I'm, my, I'm watching with my wife and I'm like, you know, the hooker in the beginning scene or whatever. That's uh that's Miss Webster. cherry forever. If I recall correctly, I believe it's cherry forever. God, God damn my brain for remembering that. <laughs> Cherry something, yeah. Um, that's Webster's mom, and then the sheriff, yep. the bat, Porky's buddy, Porky's brother is, is Webster's dad. Is Alex Karras, yeah. Right, Mongo. Um, <laughs> it was absolutely ridiculous. And then Kim Cattrall is the uh, Lassie. Lassie. Why did they call her Lassie? The, 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 the tally. I swear to God, the tallywhacker scene almost pissed my. Dude, I remember like, laughing so day. hard I was crying at that scene when they were trying. With you know, we should bring in a Randy, sketch artist. Yeah, Randy, you have no idea what we're talking about. I may have seen the movie when I was younger, but I don't remember any of it. You didn't. If you don't, if you're not, a, if you're not even, yeah, it's, uh, it's it sounds like something crime. my dad would have watched. Thanks, thanks, yeah, Randy. I'm sure, he did. Kiss, yeah, kiss my ass, Randy. <laughs> see, that was the movie when. See, that was the movie that we watched when our dad. Hold on, when our we got sent to bed, our moms went to bed. Our dad stayed up late to watch these kind of movies, and then we kind of snuck behind the kitchen table yep. on, on hands and knees, and like tried not to giggle so your old man wouldn't hear you. And then if he caught you, he'd like he'd let you sit down for like a half an hour. He's like, "Don't tell your ma." Yeah, was this movie. Well, when did this come out? I think it was like a year before I was born. So, eighty-two. Yeah, a year before I was born. But it hasn't been on anything streaming since we've been watching. Like, <laughs> I yeah, I mean, I don't remember it. Yeah. Anywhere. So, and I know there's like Porky's two, Porky's three. But yeah, this is. Uh, well, yeah, there was Porky's two the next day. There was Porky's three: The Revenge that took place on a. On a casino boat, if I recall correctly, as the plot point. On the uh, Amazon Prime re- list of related videos is zapped with Scott Bio, and the yeah the cover is that was uh, using telekinesis first, to lift a girl's skirt. Right, but that was my first uh, my first crush. Um, Heather Thomas from the Fall Guy was topless in it. <laughs> as as a uh, yeah. I want to say I was going to say made me a man when I, when that movie came out, but that was a uh, nice, was well talked about in the uh, junior high circuit. Oh, of course it was. Um, but yeah, it's a, like imagine making a movie. Yeah, I'm going to use telekinesis to take off girls' clothes. Like, oh yeah, it sounds legit. I'll green light that one. Like, <laughs> what are you, Adam Sandler? Like, <laughs> Harvey Weinstein's first movie. Yeah. Right. Right. Uh, but then. Uh, I saw, oh, and, uh, you know, just a, a downer for a second. Um, you know, Alex Trebek passed, uh, which sucks. Um, but since they were apparently both fans of it, it is fitting that Sean Connery died first so that he was, ha, we meet again, Trebek. <laughs> 
how bizarre is that? Yeah, because it's like, oh my god, those two were like almost as famous as SNL characters as they were as you know famous characters. Everyone knew that Ash Words for two hundred dollars. Oh yeah, you know take I mean? like, anal bum cover. <laughs> That's an album exactly. cover. <laughs> and I do. I'm I, dude as as on as SNL has been this year. I am really hoping they find a way to pull together a reunion of some sort of that for this week. Like, I, I just feel like that would be fitting and amazing. Who was, uh, oh, not, it wasn't Phil Hartman. Who was, uh, Connery? That was, uh, Oh, I can't even remember his name. name. Yeah. yeah I mean, was, he was the guy that was, he was famous for playing Connery and Bill Clinton. I, I don't remember his name. Was it Alan? Anyway. Yeah. No, that'd be, yeah. Well, then they, you got to get Burt Reynolds too, right? And you got to get a okay, turd Ferguson. Got to, got to have a turd Ferguson thing. Absolutely. Right. Uh, Daryl Hammond. Thank you, Daryl Hammond. Yep. Daryl Hammond. Thank you. Um, so are you? I know um, you're not. I know Randy's not, but I know we know of two friends that probably will. Uh, Neil and, and Tom Lawrence that are probably going to go buy some Tesla tequila. <laughs> yeah, they probably will. And at what point? At what point where you're making Tesla cars and go and Tesla trucks and you're kind of taking over the world and you're doing some awesome stuff. And you're like, you know what? Yeah, I'm gonna, I made a rocket. You know, I want to. I want to make some tequila. Dude, why not? I mean, it's it's a it's a brand thing. I and there are people that will buy it just because it's Tesla, just because it's cool, just because it, whatever. You know, they will. At two hundred fifty bucks a bottle. Uh, yeah, it it'll be it'll be like a nerd status thing, absolutely. And if you see, it looks like um, I don't know if you can see that or if it doesn't uh-uh. come in. It's like literally a lightning bolt. The bottle people are gonna buy it just for the bottle. Yeah, it looks like a like a San Diego Chargers like logo. Oh, I dude, you you know me. I'm I'm a sucker for a good liquor bottle. I'm I you know I'll I'll get one. And hints of vanilla, cinnamon, and dry fruit aged in French oak barrels. Because when you <laughs> and then they trash on it. Because when you want to drink tequila, you think of France. You think you think uh, French oak barrels, absolutely. I did. Um, I do have a shot for you uh, that I made for the ladies this week uh, yesterday. Called a duck fart. Oh, that's dude. Those have been around forever. Yeah, they didn't never had a duck fart before, so they uh, introduced them to duck farts, and they 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 were it's their new favorite drink. That's uh, for those keeping yeah peanut butter whiskey, Kahlua and Bailey's, one third, one third, one third. I don't know if that's the original. That sounds uh, no, it's, awful. it's it's I think it's just Crown Royal, but you they layer. Um, I was looking up uh, Snickertinis, which was uh. No, it's actually it was you know yeah it was okay yeah so it was it was just whiskey originally that's why I knew it yeah it was yeah Kahlua Bailey's and whiskey so yeah if you were just using peanut butter whiskey right, yeah, yeah peanut butter whiskey um yeah no I mean it's like, that that yeah I mean I'll, I'll stick with my uh, my peanut butter and jelly shots thanks or my Reese's peanut butter cup shots <laughs> yeah that was uh, yeah we were uh, yeah but that yeah the Bailey's and that's just the duck fart Kahlua yeah. and Bailey or Kahlua and the whiskey yeah. Um, so apparently, um, they're doing a Boba Fett, uh, spinoff already. So, and this was one of those things that was rumored a couple years ago, um, got heavily rumored about a year ago. And now, like, I'm almost mad they're doing it now. Like, it's, 
especially after why well especially after the first episode of the mandalorian you have current spinoff potential there like what like why why like why did you wait until now to do this like that that's the that's the part that i guess just annoys me a little bit like the mandalorian kind of gave closure on that story like they wrapped up i mean it wasn't a whole story in itself. Well, I mean, they haven't given closure to it because he's still, you know, wandering around at the end of the episode. But still, well, that's the one thing they were talk- um, that they were that they were not to bring it back to Mandalorian talk again. But like, you know, you got Boba Fett at the end of one and two. You know, he gets knocked up uh, by those those you know the, the bounty hunters or whatever. Yeah, baby, and then he walks into Mos Eisley. You know, Boba Fett saw all that shit, and he doesn't like. He just kind of like. You know, he's just so kind of hanging out in the background. Well, and so, and so honestly, to get back to your earlier question, Randy, I, I almost wonder how much of, like, some of this stuff is set up for a future episode. Like, you know, are we going to see an episode from Fett's point of view at some point? And it's going to be nothing more than different views of the scenes that we've already seen in other episodes of him watching what's going on and basically, cause I mean, I, he, I would, one would assume he wants his damn armor back. What <laughs> that, and uh, did you think that I thought it because of the speaking, but that dude that had the knife to baby Yoda, was that a Jabba with all his shit off? I wasn't sure it, it looked like it was supposed when to be the, when it did the battle. Yeah, no, it it looked like yeah, it looked like it was supposed to be, but I wasn't sure. Yeah, because I was the Easter egg like they didn't know either. They were like, "Wait a minute, is that supposed to be Jawa? Is that without without his robe and all that?" You know. Yeah. And they weren't sure. Yeah. And these are the ones. These are the the nerds that study it frame by frame for sixteen hours, then put out half hour YouTube videos. So I'll take their word before I take right. Yeah, no, I mean, and and that's, but I mean, and, and it is. I mean, that's that's kind of the cool thing is it they they do do such a good job with that stuff that you don't have to be a super hardcore nerd to enjoy it. But if you are, it's almost like I, I always tell people about like like the X Files or Law and Order or any you know any of the shows like that. You can sit down and watch any one episode and be good. If you watch all of them, you will catch the overarching themes and you will catch all the other stuff that's going on that you might not know about and it'll make it a better experience, but you don't have to. Right. Well, it's kind of like the whole like killing the great dragon. Like when you find out that that was the skeleton in four and then it was the sound Obi-Wan made and there was the pearl from the video game and then all it all ties together. You know, and that's how uh, Boba Fett survived because this thing ate the Sarlacc that the pity was in. You know what I mean? Like you're like, oh shit! You know, well, and so that, an entertaining episode, regardless. Yeah, so to me, that that depends. On, like, I'm curious to see how much they're going to stick with what they've left, what they've let remain canon. Um, so, like, you know, th- there is a story about Boba Fett's survival. Um, you know, and and getting out of the so the whole you know and getting out of the Sarlacc and that kind of stuff. And being rescued by basically Dengar, um, so I mean, I'm, I am. I'm curious to see how how that's if or you know if they're going to address it at all because we don't know. That could have been a throwaway just to make us nerds happy, and it is what it is. But if they do get into it at all, I mean, that's it'll be. Cur- I'm, I'm curious to see how they're going to what, like I said, what they're going to let remain canon. But you know, here's the, here's what I love about Filoni's like 
hell, if I'm going to write this thing, I'm going to be a goddamn X-Wing pilot. Like, <laughs> I ain't sitting on the side. Like, just he writes himself as an X-Wing uh, pilot. Not the first time they've done it. Uh, so there was in, uh, in the episode with Bill Burr, um, the X-Wing pilots were the directors, uh, were several of the directors. Well, yeah. yeah, yeah. Yep, I remember that. But apparently the the Asian guy with the uh, was like a cosplayer, but he was in some show. Um, oh, Tahiti, they, yeah, yeah. But anyway, yeah, no, it's a uh, you know best thing going on TV right now. But what's uh, uh so, so Disney Plus was bitching, bitching that their numbers are way down. Like this isn't carrying them. Like they were talking about it, uh, the Mandalorian hasn't hit the boys or Stranger Things numbers yet. Like, not even close. And I'm kind of shocked because, like, Baby Yoda's on cereal boxes, for Christ's sake. But, like, The Boys, is that much watched? Well, and I'm I'm wondering – well, because, I mean, keep in mind, a lot of people have Amazon Prime because they have Amazon Prime. And and so that kind of comes along with it. Disney Plus just hit the end of – a lot of their first year promotional offers where like people that had, you know, for, like Verizon gave you a year free or whoever else gave you a year free, that kind of stuff. They're just hitting the that end of the first year. And so I'm wondering how many people are dropping off and not renewing. Plus, streaming isn't Disney's only business. They've got the parks and all the broadcast <laughs> they're, networks. They're, and they're not relying on the parks right now. They're not relying on the parks right now. affect their overall business. So, like, trying to prop up parks numbers with a streaming service. Mm. Hey, if you're going to go, go now. No lines for the Kylo Ren ride. <gasps> <laughs> <laughs> yep, yep. But, but free COVID with every ticket purchase. That's yeah. You get a you get one of the body condoms like in Porky's. You just wear one of those, right? Yeah, yeah, get one of those like you know the the full body suits that we had talked about that looked like they were trying to be you know Death Alpha or you know they were trying to be Daft Punk. The boy in the bubble, uh, Tron Travolta, just have him get wheeled around. <laughs> the big giant hamster wheels. That's what you need, and just run around. The- <laughs> yes, that too. <laughs> Um, and you don't even have to get in his seat on the water rides. You can just go in the, the wheel. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, just yeah, just push me onto the flume ride. Just push me into the water. I'll be good. Uh, so you know, unfortunately, you know, we uh, we've got Fred coming in next week. Fred Brown um, and. You know, one of the oh, things he's got some good news, right? Oh yeah, no, yeah, oh yeah, yeah. Well, no, because apparently we're waiting for the final count. Until the final counts, COVID still exists. That's a thing. Um, but so you yeah. know, there, there was news today of um, it was Pfizer uh, that that released some results about their vaccine, um, which people got a little too over anxious about. Uh, let's be clear, because uh, it was a test pool of ninety four people. Uh, and, and the real trials involve tens of thousands of people and they, and they, one of the, and so they said, you know, it's going to be well into 2021 before a vaccine is actually available. And then the other important thing in that article that came out was, um, that they plan on tracking these initial test groups for up to two, you know, for two years, um, in order to fully meet, you know, guidelines and safety standards and that kind of stuff to track side effects, so in reality, it's going to be 2022, 2023 before we have a vaccine that is both commonly available and proven to be safe. So there's that to keep in mind. And with that to keep in mind, the stock tank and the stock market like just bottoming on Zoom um, and other work from home apps, probably a little premature today. <laughs> 
It, uh, if you look at it though, I looked at the, uh, the one year. I mean, it's still record high. It just, it just fell off the table for like a solid, uh, three seconds if you're jumping. Yeah. Oh, no, no, no. And I, and I get it. Yeah. I mean, the, yeah, they're all still way above where they used to be, but apparently like everybody was, you know, jumping ship today. So it's probably not a bad time to buy, <laughs> even though it's still way harder than they were. But yeah. Yeah, I saw a tweet yeah, earlier. Yeah. Uh, the The whiplash of learning about a vaccine is ninety percent effective in a sample of ninety four subjects, but it could be ready at the end of the year as long as it's stored at negative seventy degrees throughout the whole supply chain. Right. That's <laughs> I'm I'm in. Now, is that with the microchip or without the microchip? I'm I'm confused. Is that? It's well, not the, the uh, it's not a real microchip. It's like the uh, Martin Short movie. They just the, the inner space. They 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 inject that into you. Oh god! So there's a little, it's a little robot that swims in your veins. It's a little dude. Just, a, yeah, every, everybody yeah. everybody gets their own little micro dude. That perfect. Yeah. Everybody gets their own little dude. Right. 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 <laughs> and he sees out of your eyes, and then he gets to tell the government what you didn't said. Can't can't we just have better technology like Dreamscape? Inside your butthole right now, and you wouldn't even know it. Oh, oh, good old Mrs. Frizzle. Um, Yeah, can't can't we get better technology like? (laughs) I just I want Dreamscape. That's all I want. I I don't. That's that's all I ask for. That's which one was that? That was the really really bad. It was the same guy from from Inner Space, which is why it triggered the thought for me. Um, that uh, you could enter into somebody's dreams. It was Inception before it was Inception. Um, it had like the big cobra headed monster at the end of it. The dude that turned into the cobra. Like you can enter people's dreams and kill them in their dreams. And you know before Freddy Krueger and all that stuff. It was yeah. I don't remember that one at all. You saw it. I'm a lawnmower sure. man. Uh yeah, well yeah, based on a Stephen King story, absolutely. Right when you when you go to sleep, a guy shows up and mows your grass, mows your lawn, and then you wake <laughs> up and your lawn's cut. And, uh, yeah, that's actually how that works. That's yeah. <laughs> was it, was that the movie? Um, I, that's uh, that's about all I got. Anybody else? No, I'm just I'm super brain dead. We had our annual HOA meeting today. Yeah, I had a. Uh, there was a school board meeting that uh, that that I I did not pay attention to because I was getting ready for this, and apparently it's a good thing that I didn't because yeah, I'd be drunk. I uh, I missed. I purposely missed every school board meeting um, because there's no way I want to be a part of it. Like I, I just at this point, you know, I'm going to make sure my kids are good and whatever you guys figure out, you know. Yeah. Because we were. I think Annie was supposed to go. Annie was supposed to go back next week. And they push that back, and everybody's up, you know. Um, but yeah, whatever. Yeah, I was actually just talking with uh, one of the show hosts that I was with last night. Uh, his wife is a teacher, um, and she's in Birmingham. And apparently, West Bloomfield has gone back to virtual. Troy has gone back to virtual, but Birmingham has not yet. So it's it's weird watching all the different school districts kind of figure the shit out on the fly, and not yeah, it's kind of weird to me. I didn't send a link over about any of these, but uh, a couple of things came out of the elections. Uh, Massachusetts passed their right to repair automotives uh, bill. Mm -hmm. So that's pretty good. Um, Well, it's that whole. Well, no, it's, it's that whole. If you own it, you can do stuff to it. Yeah. Yeah. Like John Deere, Apple, whatever, make it difficult to repair things that you buy. Oh, I didn't know they 
I know John Deere. I didn't know it was that problem with cars. Oh, they were trying. They were trying to. Yeah. Um, yeah, the automotives were trying to get legislation pushed through that basically said if you did not bring it back to the dealership, all your warranties were voided. Yeah. And then uh, what is it, Proposition 22 in California about Uber and Lyft drivers do not have to be full-time employees yeah. anymore? Overturn something that the legislature passed in Thank September. God. And then uh, what was it? Oregon decriminalized all street drugs. Yeah, apparently the Oregon Trail is now a line of coke. That's uh... <laughs> so, here's what I was trying to get. So I can have crack now. Someone's got to answer this for me. I can have crack. That's fine. But who do I buy it from? That's illegal. Like, so distribution is still illegal. But like, personal consumption is fine, which I'm totally fine with, by the way. Um, but like, how do I get it? Not that I'm going to drive to Oregon and buy crack, but. I mean, but, you know, in case you wanted to. Uh, no, I mean, and, and it may be one of those things where they're still figuring that out. I remember when when weed was initially legalized here. Yes, you could own it um, and you could have it, but you couldn't buy it. Uh, and and so it was, hey, you buy this T-shirt for $100 and, and I give you a bag of weed to go along with it. Right. Pencil. $150 pencil. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah, because, I mean, that's the thing that's, you know. The weird thing that with even with weed is like there's people building twenty million dollar facilities in like Lake Orion. Yep. Um, but it, it, it's illegal. They can have it taken away from them tomorrow. Um, but it's legal. But it's not. But like it's yeah, it's state legal, but it's not federal legal. It's yeah. Right. A bunch of other states oh. legalized it for recreational and medical use too. So I think marijuana in some form is now legal in fifteen states. Good. Just. I mean, is that's the that's you know that's the one thing they got to look at, like just for Denver, for example, and just like what bad has come of it, other than Taco Bell sales going through the roof and two billion dollars <laughs> yeah. in tax revenue. Congratulations to you know, I mean, drugs for winning the war on drugs. Right. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> tweet, Randy, you know what? How about you tweet that from IT in the day and you take credit for it? Cause that uh, that's the uh, that's the name of this episode. <laughs> it's good. So on that note, you know what? We're not going to get any better than that line. So we're going to cut this one. All right, that's that's a, that's a good closure. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Randy, thank you for naming this episode. Um, <laughs> hey, I'd like to thank Mike Lipinski, um, former CISO, currently mm-hmm. a uh, the security principal at Plan Moran. Awesome information. He's a wealth of knowledge. Hit him up on LinkedIn. Um, on behalf of Bob, Dave, and Randy, do us all a favor. Drink up your drinks. Get your phone numbers. You don't got to go home. You just got to get the hell out of here. See you next week. Drive careful. Beat it. See you guys.